What's going on, suckas? Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to the Tradesman Confidential. We're your hosts, Josh Brandt and... Greg Giroux. Greg Giroux. He gets it every time. Nailed it. So, guys, special day today. We actually have a real podcaster in our midst. Uh, we have Mr. Josh Hewitt of the Tradesman Experience podcast joining us. Not Josh Hewitt, which I... Pretty much was certain that was how it's spelled or pronounced, I should say. Um, but I felt like Stewie on Family Guy saying, cool whip, <laughs> whip. So glad to hear I was completely wrong on that one. Uh, too much emphasis on the H, I guess. But uh, so, Mr. Josh, how are you, sir? Guys, I am fantastic. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and just make you honorary podcasters. So we're all on the same level. Beautiful. Here, okay. I, like it. I, like I feel it. honored. I feel honored. <laughs> <laughs> so so right off the bat, right, because we're a couple of guys from Boston, okay, but we got to make fun of you, you Midwesterners, right? How do you pronounce R-O-O-F as rough? <laughs> okay, I just, where do you get that from? R-O-O-F? Yeah, roof. It's a roof, roof, it's roof. not a rough. Yeah. No, it's not. no, it's roof. It is de- it's definitely okay because I've I've heard you pronounce it, and I've heard other Midwesterners uh, pronounce it as in uh, down south too as a rough. We were working so on the rough. You, you get that you, you cross that southern border. Uh, okay, where, where I'm where I'm at in in the southern part, or where I'm from in the southern part of Illinois, you can draw a line almost where uh, where I come from, and the farther south you go the more rough it gets. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Pun intended? Perfect. Yeah, pun, pun intended. And I always tell people, you know, part of my family stump comes from the boot hill of Missouri. So I, I do come by some of that honestly. Sure, sure, yeah. No, and I, I lived in Florida for about seven years, and um, I met a lot of Midwesterners from that Illinois area, and that's I, I picked up on that and I always made fun of them for it. Not like they don't have oh, a ton right. of ammunition to make fun of me, of <laughs> right. course, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I've never tried to order a hot dog. <laughs> Touche. I definitely don't know how you spell that. Touche. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, man, Florida, that's where Illinois sends all the retirees. It, exactly. Well, same thing with the snowbirds no, from no New England, here. you know. It's just transplants everywhere down there. So I, I met a lot of uh, your folk in that neck of the woods. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, real quick, you know, Josh, and feel free to chime in and add to this, but mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, your episodes, I think kind of have a, a wide breadth of different type of topics when it comes to the trade world, um, from anything from, you know, fitness, your mental, physical relationship, fitness to, um, women in the trades to doing side jobs. Um, I know you'd speak a lot about leadership and, and communications and, and, you know, improving on that as we, as we go. So, I mean, feel free to chime in on, on mm-hmm. what you're at about really on that front. Uh, I appreciate that you've done your homework because we, we do kind of cover a lot of different categories in the trades. And for me, everything really boils down to personal leadership and personal discipline because I, I believe that you have to have root qualities in those areas to be able to be successful. And it just so happens that you guys are in the trades, I'm in the trades, 
I've been in the trades my whole life, so I don't really speak white collar. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love the yep. white collar industry because they usually pay our bills. Right. And, you know, and, and they're great clients to work for, but growing up in the Midwest in a, you know, cornfield, old coal mining town, working with your hands wasn't the best option. And as I really grew up and matured through uh, my awesome experience of life of decades in the trade, um, th this common thread kept showing up that there was a lack of leadership, there was a lack of discipline. But that to me was really umbrellaed by this lack of respect for the trades themselves. 100%. And that's really one of the kind of core values of why I do what I do is to rewrite the narrative of the skilled trades and really bring back the respect and appreciation of being a craftsman yeah. and, and showing up every day representing something, representing who you are, and you have this tremendous skill set and this tremendous ability that people are willing to compensate you for and reward you for because they don't possess those skills and those talents. And so for some reason throughout, you know, history, we have allowed ourselves to be pushed further and further down the chart yep. of respect and appreciation. And so many people end up in the trades they fall into the trades right. instead of fall. pursuing the trades right bingo it's a last resort right or, or, or yeah, you're not smart enough resort. yeah you're not smart enough to make it elsewhere therefore <laughs> right. you're going to just go to the trades yeah, it's right. Sad. right right it's that's sad. it that's which it. i i love when people say that because it's hilarious to me that they have no idea how smart and how tough you have to be to, to thrive in the trades, to be successful in the trades. You fact. have to be an absolute warrior. That's a fact. To to be able to wear that badge of honor as a skilled tradesman, as a professional. Right. And I don't know why we don't see it as tradespeople. You know, I, if you could answer that question, I would have to find a new job. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's a great point. I mean, I, I know, like, we talked about this before starting here today about, you know, you did a re recent episode on why I'm here, right? And, I, and you kind of ended it on, and I could hear it in your voice, you know, there was some true resolve in the voice of be proud of what you do, right? A disciplined war mentality. I love that line that you, you know, put, the way you put that of, of, you know, almost like a battle hardened individual and you should be proud of that and not, you know, uh, downplay that at all. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. And I really am proud of that. And it was one of the best pivotal moments for me, not only as a tradesman, but a man in general, just as a person that, I was, I was proud to have this badge. I did recognize the level of skill that it takes to be successful in the trades. And when my mind sh uh, mindset shifted and I, I now took pride in what I did, I took pride in what I represented and, and, you know, taking pride in that sense of who you represent, right? Standing on the shoulder of giants and the gray beards that come before us and the things that I got to learn from them, everything from the hazing and harassing to the, you know, to the intricate, you know, skill testing. And, you know, I, I remember 
I remember I early, early on in my HVAC career, probably second year. So I'm still green, but I am in my own truck. I get a call on a Saturday. These people have no heat. I'm out there in the middle of the day. And as some people try to do, they, they made the attempt to repair this themselves and made it 10 times worse than what it needed to be. And I did not have the, the skill set at that time to, to repair the job. So I called my boss. His name is Harvey. Harvey will, it, it will always be one of, the, uh, one of the people that impacted me uh, coming up through the HVAC. I called him, explained to him what I had, and he said, hey, actually, I'm not, I'm not too far away. I'll stop by. I said, okay, awesome. Within 20 minutes, his wife and van full of kids pull up in front of the house, drop him off, and they leave to go continue their Saturday shopping. And he stayed with me for probably two hours while we completely rebuilt the internal workings of this furnace to get these people heat. And then his wife came back and picked him up and left. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a true spirit of a tradesman. Right. That's, that's and, right. and it's a true right. spirit of a leader. Overcoming a challenge, too. It's, it's, it's the sheer challenge. Right. And, and so getting, you know, back to me being like proud, you know, it, it was guys like Harvey that impacted me in a positive way that allowed me to accept the fact that this is what I was born to do. And back to the warrior mindset and the warrior mentality for me, and, and it, you know, the phrase that I have coined is that monster is monster mentality. I know that those of us that can show up every day and do the work effectively, do the work efficiently, work through the hot, the cold, the grit, the grind, and the shit, it takes an elite person to be able to do that. Especially now, those elite days. people. Oh, those elite people are, they are, uh, they're awarded in, in places like the military, right? They, they, they're a, a fraction of a percentage of operators that get out and do these things. We in the population, we are that same level of elite warrior. Those that choose to be successful, that choose to be disciplined, that choose to serve with excellence and get up and represent something better than themselves. That is a true warrior mindset. And when I made that shift for me internally, it changed everything externally for me. Relationships, business, the amount of money that I was making, opportunities that came my way because I made a decision to change my mind. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, 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 there's not much to add to that. Mic drop. Yeah, right. Mike. Right. I was just thinking about about 500 situations in my head that match that. So that's yep. why it was it was a lot of uh, thought processing going on there. But uh, a little soul searching on that one. But but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you know you you hit the nail on the head there of of the mentality that really just needs to change. And it's we've talked about it on our show many times about uh, you know the culture aspect of it. Um, the, the issues we see with social media and movies and commercials depicting trades and ways, you know, um, and how do you flip that script and from schools and, you know, pushing, promoting trade schools and shop class again, you know, we're, we're seeing a shift. It certainly has changed a little bit, to the, but it's been slow and it's been a long time coming, um, mm -hmm as a whole in this country, getting this mindset um, to, to shift is going to take time. And right now in that time period of shifting, everyone's dying. 
right? But, but this, but this is our time, right? This right. is if if people right. don't see it, they need to. This is our time. This is our time to stand up and our time to take control again because the ball is in our court. Most just don't see it yet. They're stuck in the old mentality and the old mm-hmm. mindset. Mm-hmm. The ball is in our court. There is not enough of us to do the work that needs to be done. Period. Mm-hmm. So, right. what does that make us? Right. Needed. Important. Absolutely. Required. Absolutely. Skilled. Right. And, and Josh, I mean, this is where, you know, really the impetus behind the true pros concept came from, right? Is the, 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 the business model as a whole is broken. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you talk about it uh, again to, to reference something out of your show was, you know, through all your experiences, there's no leadership. There was nobody mm-hmm. who knew how to run a business. I think I, I like the line you said uh, something about they're just a bunch of hardworking motherfuckers, <laughs> like and that's it. Like that's it. That's, that's yeah. what's important. And, and it's a, it's been how many generations of hardworking motherfuckers just grinding, right? And uh, you know that that in, that ingredient. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, that no. That, that ingredient built success for so long, um, and that that simple ingredient worked when times were more primitive, and. Now everybody, it, what we do is no longer a luxury; it's a necessity. Right. And so now the population demands us. Correct. And because of that, the recipe has to change. Agreed. You can't just be hardworking and be successful. It's nope. such mm-hmm. a small part mm-hmm. of the entire equation. It's time to but work smarter. It, Yeah, in learning to work smarter. So it's really interesting. It's hard to hand down the necessity of evolution. Because, you know, two generations ago, they're going to hand down the information that they have. The generation after that's going to get another hand down of that generation. But now we have reached these generation gaps where evolution is necessary. So it's not just a hand down of, of information. It's a grow up of information. It's an evolution of information. It's a transformation of how we approach the market, how we do business, how we make a sale, how we communicate. And that's- Those things have evolved. So that natural hard work mentality where you get up every day, you tuck your shirt in, you put your tool belt on, and you do the work, <laughs> and, you're, and you're compensated successfully, that doesn't work anymore. And that's where we're at. Right. And this is where we've recognized that, you know, most of these guys uh, don't know how to run a business the right way. And that's part of their problem. That's because right? they're that's, skilled tradespeople, not business Correct. They, they didn't get out of bed every day to say, you know, I want to do accounting today, you know, in my business. Now, you, it's a part <laughs> of what you have to do, but that's not what they, mm-hmm. you know, strive to do every day. Um, and, and we recognize, too, I mean, Greg and I probably spent two years bitching and complaining right to each other about how it's broken and this is screwed up and we get, there's gotta be a better way. And I mean, just years of complaining before we finally said, there's gotta be a better way. There has to be, you Mm -hmm. know, we can't sit here for another hundred years continuing to just, you know, literally sharpen the ax and nothing comes out of it. Like you got to cut a tree down every once in a while. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think, I think we've been on a, a journey of trying to explain to folks not only how to run your business more efficiently, but to value your time and value what you are really worth. Right. Um, 
And I think that's that's a big driver behind our why, right? We have very similar stories about how we got here. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost identical stories of paying the stupid tax and <laughs> learning the hard way and suffering and, you know, all these things. And, and through it, very similar messages come out of, we've been here, we've done it. If you listen to us a little bit, we'll shave 10 years off of your, you know, trajectory, maybe even more. Right. And the heartache. Um, but it's still hard to get folks to shift. change that shift. Right. Or, or you know, the, there's still this mentality out, Josh, and I don't know if you see this a lot, but <clears throat> there's this mentality of, of uh, I can still do it. My, you know, I can do it. I, you know, <laughs> he's just, laughing. Yeah, he knows. Just, no, no, yeah. I've never seen yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like you, even if you tell him and, and I think, you know, Greg and I talk about this too. Like we're, uh, we, we've been on this, you know, journey over the last 10 years and it sounds very similar to you, right? I mean, hearing your story, you know, you found Dave Ramsey and you found Jocko mm-hmm. and you found some of these other guys exactly same as us. For me, it was rich dad, poor dad. Right. That, that, oh, book yeah, changed, Kiyosaki, yeah, yep. that book changed my life in Likewise. like, and Greg says the same thing. Like there's one mm-hmm. moment that changed me. That was it. But that was after God, I only found that book. What, well, when was it Greg? Five, six years yeah, ago. Five, six years ago. So, I mean, I was grinding just like everyone else mm-hmm. up into that point, And I realized I, it was funny. I actually had this moment of deep regret after I read the book. Like I just wasted 10 years. You know what I mean? Right. Being an idiot. And I tell that to people now. I said, if I, if I had somebody like me now, 10 years ago, I mean a much different place. Right. 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 And, 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 you know, I don't know if you, I, I I don't have a better word to describe it. I literally think about it to this day, Mm -hmm. like 10 years that I wasted if I just wasn't, wasn't an idiot. But then I think maybe I needed later, maybe I needed the 10 years to figure Mm -hmm. it out. And sometimes that's when, we get frustrated, but I feel like, you know what? We were the same dudes, man. Oh, yeah. We were the same dudes. We just oh, yeah. 10 years ahead of them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I think for me, uh, because I, I like to look at things in a way that, you know, uh, benefit me or promote or just internally, right, motivate me. Um, I, I look at it and say, okay, had I been given the information that I was given five years prior, would I have been in a, in a place in my life to be willing to receive that information? Josh, you said the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you, if you spawned that book 10 years ago, would you have taken it the way you yep. took it now? Yep. Yeah. The teacher will appear when the student is ready, I believe is one of the mm-hmm. the terms I've heard. I could probably completely butchered it, but that's, that's <laughs> we a, get the know, idea. very similar program of, you know, right time, right place right. sometimes does happen like that. Yeah, and that's that's what I believe. Uh, I, I want to share a, a success story with you guys about the uh, oh, I can I can do this on my own mentality. Oh, I like these. I've I've got a new client uh, recently onboarded. He's a uh, mobile uh, heavy diesel mechanic, so he works on semis, equipment stuff like that. He's listened to uh, our podcast for a couple of years. And he finally reaches out to me one day and he says, Hey, you know, I want to have a conversation about coaching, which is always funny to me because my initial conversations with these business owners is always, everybody holds their cards close to the chest, which Mm -hmm. I understand. It's it's my, (laughs) it's my job to, to gain their trust. That's, that's my job. My job is to gain their trust. And, you know, we have a conversation. So 
he agrees. We, we come up with a plan. We identify his pain points, what we're going to focus on, how we're going to do these things. And we start looking at his finances. Okay, you're going to have to get control of your debt. Um, oh, you're financing jobs for three months before you send invoices out. Okay, that's got to change. And I, I think some people need permission to take control of their own shit. Mm-hmm. And I spent three meetings with this guy, three meetings over two and a half months. And he is just from that. We got his uh, debt under control. We, he now does invoicing every single week. If he doesn't do it on site, he does it every week. We raised his prices. And just based on that short amount of time that we've got to spend together, He's going to net positive a hundred grand as a single owner operator. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. And in our second conversation. And where did he start? (laughs) He said, well, he said, you know, he goes, I've listened to your podcast and I've heard you talk about the coaching. And he said, I, you know, I, I need, I I probably need to have a conversation, but uh, no, I'm I'm just going to keep doing it myself. I'm going to keep figuring this Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's the mentality, right? We, we have so much pride that it turns to ego and we're afraid to ask for help. Right. I had We've a, I had a conversation it. with him last week and I said, uh, I said, Dan, I said, you know, I said, man, how are things going? And he said, you know, my life has never been this good. That's amazing. He said, I took a day off in the middle of the week last week and did whatever I wanted. That's amazing. <laughs> I take every Sunday off now. I'm walking two to three miles every night. I have more money in the bank than I've ever had. I've got happier clients than I've ever had. Not one person has complained about my price increase. And he goes, dude, I didn't know life could be this good. Yep. Love it. Love it. So when you make a decision to get out of your own way (laughs) and utilize resources like yourself, where you're like, hey, I can give you 10 years worth of mistakes and success that you can implement in days. Right. But people, they, they want that sense of, of pride of I climbed this mountain on my own. Mm-hmm. I see it and every that's day. A long, that's a long road. And a shitty one. And the, oh, and the so view bad. sucks when you get to the top. I, <laughs> be, getting to that, getting to that crest, I I, I, I realized that uh, yeah, I would never, I would never do that again. Right, right, right. We, we've we've talked again. about it so many times about how that view sucks after that climb, and you just went, <laughs> "What did I just do this for?" Right. This is not what I thought was going to be at the top waiting for me. They lied. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and you have no one to celebrate it with. Right, right, right. you're absolutely because right. Because you're all you're all tucked and guarded from each other. That mm-hmm. and everybody, it feel I feel like everybody wants to see each other fail. Yeah, or not uh, succeed. Not succeed, right? Because we we ultimately, when you don't allow yourself to be part of a team or invite other people into your space to help you succeed, your motivations become you know, your motives become selfish Yep. and you start looking at other people and comparing, you know, what they're doing to what you're doing. Every, and then you start identifying what they, you think they're doing wrong or right that you're not doing right. Right. 
And I, I see uh, that happen every yeah, the, single the, day. The comparison bus is a Awful. terrible ride too. Yeah. Awful. And a lot of times around here, you know, we, we live in an area where, you know, uh, the cost of living is pretty high. Um, the, you know, but obviously the wages are higher than other areas of the country. And it's almost like an embarrassment of riches at times. Right. And you just see your buddy mm-hmm. driving the new, you know, hundred thousand dollar truck and you think he's killing it. Right. But literally you don't know behind the scenes that, oh, he's in you know, he's in trouble financially. His wife mm-hmm. hates him. His kids haven't seen him in six months. The giant game of keeping he, up with the Joneses. Right. But you think just cause he's got this pretty truck that he must be killing it. Yep. Mm-hmm. The facade. You know, and, and you say, well, I want that. I want what this guy's doing. Well, I what am I know. doing wrong that I can't afford right. that truck? Right. Right. Must be nice. <laughs> I, I see it mm-hmm. every day. Right. Yeah. Sad. You know, I, I love to see people win. I, I love to see people become successful. And if they buy things and like enjoy things like that, I am all for it. I, sure. I hope you get all of the things that you want. But when you treat that truck like an Instagram filter, <laughs> you're setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> right. Right. And, and again, oh, it's, awesome. it's, it's knowing, like you said, knowing your why, right, is a big mm-hmm. thing we talk about. You've talked about it. You know, knowing your why has got to be something more than just a $100,000 truck in your driveway, right? Um, otherwise, yeah. it, it, it's, you know, it's going to be fleeting. You're going to have it and it's going to be gone and then what, right? Um, I think that's a big part of it. And I think, you know, what you're saying about giving yourself space to accept this is, is part of that too. Lose the ego. It's okay to ask for help um, and, and seek advice elsewhere and, and learn from it, right? Mm-hmm. So, can, uh, can I share with you guys one of my favorite things about coaching? Sure, yeah. Um, I think when people hear the word coach, they immediately uh, create their own perception of what this is going to be. And, you know, when you go into coaching, you look and go, okay, what are profit margins? What are your closing percentages? Um, how are you marketing? What's your overhead expense? What's your break-even number? What's your survival number? How much are you paying yourself? And I think people think that those conversations are so rigid and plug and play. And it's like, Oh, I have to have all of this information. Mm -hmm. My favorite part of coaching is when I realize that the person on the other end or the, you know, the, the other person on the computer screen or across the desk, doesn't have anybody else to talk business with. And mm-hmm. they just, because they're not going to complain about the business to their team. Their, their significant other is usually tired of hearing about it by the time <laughs> they get to me. Right. right. Um, and most people don't have a circle of friends that are successful entrepreneurs or business owners. So they're, they're so limited in who they can open up to. And, it happens with every single client. I see. We that. get through the first couple mm. where, you know, we do look at overhead operating expenses. I find out what their, you know, what their direction is. What is it they want to accomplish? What do they want out of this relationship? And without fault, every single time we'll start a conversation and I immediately recognize that my role is to be the listening friend that understands. Mm. And they get to get all of that off their chest and they get to share the struggles, the internal dialogue, the demons. With somebody that understands. Oh, because I, you know, it's relatable and you have that, you have that connection. And to what's really cool is we do a lot of system development and implementation and we do sales training and we do, but that is one of the turning points 
for them when they finally hit that that spot where they just kind of open up and they recognize that my role is not to tell them how to do their job. My role is to walk with them and lead them to discover a better way to do their job and that I understand what it's like to lose a three-quarter million dollar contract overnight. I understand what it's like to lay off 50% of your team in one morning. I understand what it's like to have your partner steal all of your money. I understand what it's like to also stand on top of that mountain with success and a phenomenal team. And you're, ch- you're literally changing the industry and the market with the things that you're doing. And when you, when you, when that connection happens, that's really, a, oh, it's always a turning point in the, in the working relationship that I have with my clients. And it's one of my favorite things. Sounds amazing. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think it's a great story. You know, it's, it's great because it's relatable, first of all, you yeah. know, and, and secondly, it's, it's, you know, it's always good to hear someone who's truly passionate about what they're doing and why, and it's all, you know, clicking, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there's definitely some, some hurdles to climb, and I think you hit on a few of them, and I think we've seen it too in talking to a bunch of guys. Absolutely. Getting over that hurdle of acceptance that we're here to help, you can let your guard down, right? Um, it is always a challenge. It's probably going to always be a challenge, right? Um, but I never really looked at it as a therapy session, but it really is, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure when you got into this, you didn't think you'd be basically a part-time therapist, but you, you really are, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. I, yeah. Yep. It's part of my job. <laughs> right. It's, it's another one of those hats in business that you didn't see coming. Right? Well, I used to hate it. Wear. Now I enjoy it because if I can, I can get somebody to even change or understand a little bit of that, I feel like I've, I've made a bigger, mm. bigger difference because that impacts them on a personal level more than just coming to work and being an employee. It's something I can help them with. Yep. Yep. Now, Josh, I got a question for you that maybe you've seen in, in your line right now. Have you ever seen some guys have a fear of growth or like the old imposter syndrome? It's sometimes referred to where you, you feel like you're not worthy to go to the next step. Say you got a guy who's had some success, but, you know, he wants to grow the company into more and they find themselves not self-sabotaging in a way, but also somewhat self-destructive in a way Mm -hmm. of almost like being scared of taking it to the next level. So they don't, have you ever seen that kind of issue? (laughs) Uh, With more clients than not. Okay. Uh, The, the, the imposter syndrome, the fear of growth. Um, Some do self-sabotage. I think most of them are are self-limiting. Agreed. Yeah. It's probably a better word. And, that that always comes up in conversation because what it hey man I don't God, we can go down this rabbit hole let me get let me get my shrink chair out uh, <laughs> I need to lay down hold on yeah you should probably lay down let me dim the lights uh, yeah so tell me about your dad so, uh, <laughs> why <laughs> um, it 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 that conversation ends up in a um in a journey of discovery. And what I really mean by that is they have to, they have to come to terms with why they think they don't deserve it. They have to come to terms with why they think they're not valuable in the marketplace. And they have to come to terms with why they 
they think that they shouldn't be able to charge more money for what they do. And so that self-limiting belief does come from something. It does come from somewhere. And so many people, when you look at the skilled trades and why most of the skilled trades businesses were started, um, it was started out of frustration for the, for the former employer, right? Screw this guy. I can do it better. They don't pay me enough money. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so you, you build this uh, kind of aggressively negative narrative, and that's how you enter the marketplace. And when you start to experience failure, which is inevitable, I think that that narrative from their previous employer and employers starts to creep in. Oh, maybe I'm not worth this much money. Maybe I'm not as good at, at this as I thought I was. Oh, now I understand what my boss was doing behind the scenes. So it's, it, it's this really interesting journey of discovery that, that I get to go through with them. And part of it is, okay, are you strapped in? You have your jacket, you got your gear, you got your parachute, you got whatever it is. Okay, now it's time to fucking jump. Mm. And sometimes uh, you do have to push them off the ledge. You, you know, you, you did the safety checks, three points all the way around, and sometimes you got to push them. I've got a guy that I'm working with right now that is doing, we're going through this exact same thing. And I've been coaching with him for a while, but at some point you have to just be a little bit more abrasive, uh, which is, I, it's kind of my personality anyway. I don't sugarcoat much. I tell people I'm not everyone's cup of tea because I'm like bourbon. Not everyone likes it and it burns going down. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I told him, I said, all right, here's what you're going to do. Like Again, it's not my job to tell people how to run their business, but I've had specific scenarios where, you know, I've told a guy, I'm like, okay, you have to fire that guy today. And they're like, what? I'm like, nope, you're firing him today. Um, And then he fires the guy. And they're like, this guy, I said, you're going to systematically increase your price every month until everyone tells you that you're too expensive. Hmm. And I said, just raise your price. Just do it. Just don't think about it. Don't justify it. Just do it. Stop thinking about it. Just act Um, because that that imposter syndrome starts to set in Um, another. okay, so now we're going to we're going down to another path here because it's relevant to the sense of worth and sense of value. A lot of people um, have have not experienced the rite of passage as a person. Uh, And this is really uh, prevalent with men, but. There's a lot of young men today that have not that they have not earned the right of passage because they've never been challenged at that level. And now they're in business and they're experiencing challenges and adversity that they've never had before and they don't know how to respond. So their natural instinct is to limit, is is to retreat, kind of coil up and prevent growth. Kind of like a self-preservation and type of. That, that's a, that's a better way to put it. it it's definitely self self-preservation because, guys, let's face it. As a society, we are led to believe that it's not okay to struggle. Mm. These it's days, not especially, okay yeah, the, right, right. Nowadays, more than ever. <laughs> and nowadays, more than ever. Yeah. So that's how you grow. It, right. It, you yeah you and I know that, but if someone has never that has never conquered that rite of passage, has never overcome extreme adversity. And that can be work, that can be physical, that can be relationship, that can be tragedy. Um, it can be a number of things. But so many people today have never overcome 
severe adversity. So they, they're naturally self-limiting. Mm. And I think that imposter syndrome starts to creep in because of that as well. And it's like, no, no, I know I'm a tough motherfucker. I know I'm smart. I know I bring excellence to the marketplace. I know I add, to the, add value to people um, that choose me uh, as a business and as a service. I know I surround myself with winners. I know that what I'm doing impacts people. And for because money is nothing more than a result of the value that you bring to the market. That's, that's all money is. It's just it's just a score of go. Oh, this is how much value I'm bringing to the market. So this is my reward. Mm. But people look at money as as being the measurement on the front end instead of the metric on the back end. Um, and it's I, a byproduct. Uh, yeah, a byproduct. Like yeah. Yeah, I like that. Oh, sorry, I guys, I get preachy because I get fired up. No, no, I, I like I that mentality. I've never, never stared off into the breeze thinking so hard during the podcast. So. <laughs> I, I just assumed you were probably drooling going, God, is he going to no, do no, 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 no. I'm deep in we're, thought, we're I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we're like both, uh, you know. Self-analyzing yep. like, oh, man. Yep, so true. <laughs> All right. I'm uh, now, Carry now on. you know how I now you know how I talk to myself every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so sorry, I, that was a rabbit hole. But yeah, no, the no, imposter no. syndrome. The imposter syndrome. Yeah, it's it, it is an interesting dynamic to add to the pile of uh, you know hurdles to jump over, if you will, on the on the journey. But there's a lot to it. Yeah, there's a lot to mm-hmm. it that people just they don't see. But but you don't understand what, what's funny is, um, you know, you hit on it a little bit. And I was having a similar conversation with a fella not that long ago who was a, uh, you know, big wig basketball coach. Right. And we were just talking about recruiting and this generation and how it's hard to coach these kids nowadays and blah, blah, blah. And, and the one thing he said that I thought was pretty interesting was if he's got two kids that he's recruiting and one of them comes from, you know, a place of of comfort and wealth and never has really had a job, never had a struggle in his life. He says, I'm always picking the kid that came from a broken home, struggled, had to get a job when he was 14 Mm -hmm. because of the exact thing you just said. They know the struggle. They know what it's like to to hit adversity and work through it versus Mm -hmm. the kid who got handed everything in life, right? Um, and, And again, living in this country, this has become part of our biggest problem is the embarrassment of riches of comfort has become really the biggest problem in this country has comfort outweighs the struggle every day for Mm -hmm. uh, i don't want to say the majority of the country but a a good chunk of the country lives in this comfortable world that they never have to have these issues right and we're seeing it come out everywhere they shouldn't have to even though they do and they, they struggle with right right these issues right and, and now that we've got a younger demographic in the trades, you're starting to really see it, right? As the baby boomer, older generation is retiring, you know, the next generation coming in is not only depleted, but now you've got a whole culture, mentality, comfort level that you have to get them over in order to be the warrior that you, you know, you referred to, right? So you got to break them down Correct. and build them back up now on top of, getting someone interested in going into the trades to begin with. It's, it's quite a mountain. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is a mountain. And I've had I, more conversations than I care to where I'm talking to someone and they've got a, a younger person that they've just hired and they're onboarding. And after a 10 hour shift, 
this kid goes, my feet hurt. <laughs> and you, I mean, you know, sure. naturally sure. you just want to strike them in the face because <laughs> in that moment you realize that they, they've never experienced discomfort before. Yep. It's not even pain. It's just discomfort. Right. So soft. We, 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 yeah. I mean, I'll tell you right now, we had a guy that resigned uh, just last week and he literally said to us, he goes, I just, you know what? I just don't want to work that hard. I'm just, I'm going to go, yep. I'm going to go somewhere and, you know, I appreciate your basically coast. I just want to go work for a smaller company that isn't doing anything and I'm just going to coast. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a 38 ish year old man. Hide and seek for a grand a week. And I'm like, what do you say to that other than <laughs> bye, you know, <laughs> goodbye. Right. But it's like, Best this is, yeah, this is what we're, it's like, you're, you're dumbfounded by the reason, right. you know, just, I just said, uh, you know yeah. what? I just don't want to work that hard. You're like, where's the cameras? Is this a right. joke? Right. <laughs> Am I hearing this? <laughs> you got me. No. Right. Oh wait, he's serious. <laughs> right. Nope. Oh, this is real. Unbelievable. But, but, but here's what's on the other side too. Cause um, again, a lot of clients that I work with, so many of them have, this 19 or 20 or 21 year old that that is an absolute monster and they they just they do everything that you would expect and more and what i love about that is they exist mm-hmm. okay yeah. it's like you know they, they yes we call they those unicorns yes, it's a unicorn yeah yep right. yep they're they're unicorns now but but what what i think is really important for business owners to understand about that is you can't find that person. You have to attract them. Yep. And that comes back to your ability as a leader, the culture that you're developing, the opportunity that you're creating, and how are you going to navigate the growth and excellence of this individual? You attract those people. You don't find Mm. them. Mm. Yep. I like it. I do. I think that's a great message for everyone. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I'll give you a, a quick case study, a, a testimonial of, how, of, of what that means. And it's not a, um, it, it's not a 19 year old, but I think that that principle of attracting high performers goes across the board. I've got a, um, a guy that I'm working with. He's got a, a fabrication shop, small business. He's got one full-time guy, I think two part-time guys. We've been restructuring some of the things that he's doing, doing some rebranding and whatnot. Not coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. He He's on this path of rebranding, developing himself as a leader, doing system development and implementation, identifying what he wants to be known for in the market. And we're, we're going through these processes, and his energy's changing. He's excited. He's disciplined. He's driven. He's doing the things that he needs to do. I jump onto a call with him a couple weeks ago, and he said, he goes, I had a guy walk into my shop asking for a job that has 18 years experience as a fabricator because he worked in a factory. They sold leadership change to management and he quit because he hated the culture. I said, I want you to understand that's not a coincidence because if that guy would have walked into your shop three months ago, he would not have been able to come work for you. Mm. This guy has been working there. He's already got a $3 an hour pay increase. And the owner told me, he goes, he's better at his job than I am. (laughs) (laughs) And that is not by accident, my friends. That is 
That is developing culture, developing mm. business, and developing leadership. And when you do that, people find you. I'm a firm believer in that. Yep. Yep. It is, it is a big difference. I mean, you know, it's been said a million times, but, you know, people don't uh, leave, you know, bad jobs. They leave bad managers, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's always the case. So, and that is rung true. And I've seen that rung, you know, ring true time and time again, over and over again. You know, and it's funny is I don't think a lot of guys do their own. We, we say look in the mirror, right? I mean, how many mm-hmm. guys have lost some fellas that, you know, quit on them or, or did something else and they, they went home and rather than bitch about it, they look in the mirror and say, what could I have done? you know, differently. Right. And I do that all the time, you know, since I know you're a Jocko fan, you know, he talks about Mm -hmm. it on his, you know, extreme ownership, uh, programs. Right. I mean, it's, 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 it always comes back to you. If you're the leader, it's your fault. It's your responsibility to correct it, Mm -hmm. you know, in in a way. So I I think that's something everyone should be thinking about a little bit more. I mean, we can all do that. I'm sure. It's a lot harder than it seems. Oh, of course. It's easy to say it, that it's easy to do, but uh, very difficult, very difficult to put into action for sure. So, yeah, because as a business owner, you, you're you're expected to be perfect. Yeah, right. You yeah, meet everybody's yeah. needs and wants. Right, but that's the thing is like, how do you quantify personal accountability? Mm. Right. How do you measure leadership? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like because it's not a it's not tangible. Uh, people have a difficult time implementing it long enough to see any results, and it, it is. everything rises and falls on leadership. It's my favorite John Maxwell quote. Uh, You know, if you have bad employees, that's your fault, right? If you're losing good employees, that's also your fault. Mm -hmm. If you have bad clients, that's your fault. If you're not succeeding in the market, that's your fault. Like the amount of accountability that it takes to be a successful leader and business owner is actually greater than most people want. Uh, that's that mm. is a uh, mm. that statement alone right there. I wish people would understand the depth of that statement right there. Right, and that is the biggest problem. Everybody, like you said, will just leave their employer because they made them mad. I can go do this on my own, but they don't understand the absolute depth of what they're they're walking mm-hmm. into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and what is required of that to be mm-hmm. that leader? Right. And I've seen it in another way, kind of in a different format in that people think that they climb some career path. Right. And the utopia is you get to that ownership level or that, you know, (laughs) CEO level. And it means now you have arrived and now I get to just sit and put my feet up and watch all my, you know, my my peasants work for me. That's not what the captain does. And and what people don't recognize is, nope, you're going to be working 10 times harder than you were before to keep this where it's at and grow Mm -hmm. where it's at and create and maintain, maintain all these things come with heavy is the crown type of deal. But you you never see that that when you're, when you're, you know, the guy digging the, digging the trenches and and hammering the nails. And they don't see that the second you let off the gas, how quickly it comes to a stop. Correct. Oh man, correct. This is a this is a term that I actually might have heard from you guys. I don't know, but when people move up in the ranks, promotion amnesia sets in, mm. yep. and <laughs> yep, th- they forget what it was like yesterday when they were in doing that job, and sure. now that they're in charge, uh, or now that they're the boss, promotion amnesia sets in, uh, and they just 
they just shit the bed on the whole thing. Yep. Right. Right. It just, right. And it's like, wait, uh, Greg, you like you were here, you were on this side yesterday. Do you not remember? <laughs> like, right. You were complaining about the guy that you now are. Yes. Um, and I think that so often happens. But again, to me, that's still a leadership problem. Mm. And when, when people promote within based on skill set only, that's disastrous. It sure, absolutely sure. is. Yep, yep. Seen that He's our times. best electrician. Let's make him a service manager. Nope. It's like, oh God, that's but awful. I, I sure. remember that every day. I, sure. When I ask guys to do things and what I expect in management, I, I know that I've been there and I've done that. And I know what it takes to do that job. So I, I never forget that. And I, I, I'm willing to put on any one of those hats at any point to show you that I still know how to do that task. Mm. And I can do it just as good as I did it when I was in those shoes. Just to show you that I did not forget (laughs) what it's like to do that. Right. Right. But, but, but there's definitely, there's a whole other dynamic of guys that do, they, they get into the position and then it's coast central, right. Or it's, or it's like you said, the amnesia sets in or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, their growth stops is another thing, right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need to learn anymore. I've made I don't, yeah, I've, I've made, made it. it. I know more than everyone. Therefore, you know, I, my growth does, uh, it stalls. And, and that's, yeah. that's one of my favorite lines from outsiders. And they're like, oh, you're so successful and you've made it. And you're like, can you tell me where it is? Where, where is this magical it that I've made it to <laughs> that you think is so glorious? What is it? Oh, congratulations on what? <laughs> It's uh, it's so delusional. It's yeah, amazing. Right? Yeah. I, yeah. It, 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 you know, people's perception of success is so delusional. Um, mm. and, and when you look at the, you know, what we're talking about of, of promoting within, which I think opportunities to promote within is always good. And, and it's one of the reasons I am so adamant about having defined roles, responsibilities, and expectations within the company because – you can't, you can't develop a position around a person. You have to develop a position and then find the person that best complements it. The right person for the right seat. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you don't have that, you have, to, you have to understand how we naturally manage people. We naturally manage people based on our own zones of genius. So if I'm, if I'm a phenomenal technician and I am now in a management position, I'm going to manage my employees based on their ability to be a technician Mm -hmm. ability to do the skill because I'm really good at the skill. So naturally I'm going to manage your worth and success based on your ability to do the skill. And if you don't understand what leadership truly is, that's, that is the recipe that you fall into. And then you have your service manager going, well, I had to Josh, I had to let Josh go. Um, he's just not a really good, he's not a good service. Mm. It's like, okay, but is that the only thing you were measuring? Mm. If he's not a good service <laughs> right. technician, right. then then we might have him in the wrong place or the wrong position. He's in the, the wrong company. seat. Right. Um, so that, you know, if, yeah, so that real primitive style of management is very dangerous for the growth of the company. Yeah. I, th- I, I read, uh, Ray Dalio's book called Principles, and I thought I thought it was a very interesting take on his um, management style. Of he said that their group created business cards for every, or, uh, sorry, baseball cards for every one of their employees. Yep. Basically, 
a picture, a position, and a stat line about what they're good at and what they're not good at. And they would constantly review those when making assignments or, you know, dealing with challenges or HR issues and pull those things out over and over again. I thought that was a great little cue. I haven't tried it yet. I've thought about it a hundred times doing it. And it's like one of those. It's uh, another thing to manage. Yeah. It's another thing to manage, but I could totally see that something like that working, you know, just some visual cues on, Oh yeah, that's right. This guy, you know, doesn't like pressure situations, but we keep putting him in pressure situations. That's on us. Mm -hmm to fix, not him. Or to get him to realize that maybe he needs to work on. Well, sure. Sure. Or, or maybe it is a growth thing too, but yeah, I think, I think both. again, it's, it's identifying first the root cause of the issue is what no one wants to take the effort to do. Right. Um, yep. And, and that's on the leadership team to be able to handle that really. Uh, one thing that I tell everybody is leadership is probably the hardest thing you'll ever do. Uh, I think mm. leadership is harder than business mm. um, because the business is dictated by the quality of leadership. True. Right. The business can survive, can literally survive on the skill itself. Right. You can, you can go out every day as a single owner operator with the skill of an electrician and survive. Mm-hmm. Just off a cash flow. You just, you're not yeah. going to succeed. Right. And right. You'll survive, but not succeed. Survive. That's the Correct. biggest two. Right. Right. Differentiator. Right. And that's why I think leadership is is the hardest thing you'll ever do, because you have to grow and develop yourself. It starts with you. And when you yeah, when you start a business around your ability to perform a task. okay, and I'm not degrading the trades in that comment, but when you say I'm a really good HVAC technician, I'm going to start a business. And the entire lifeblood of that business depends on your ability to be a good HVAC technician. There's no growth and success there. When you make the decision to be a leader, now you, you have to lead yourself before you lead others. That's a requirement. Otherwise, you're managing from a seat of hypocrisy. But when you're going to be a leader, now you're making the decision to take control of your emotional maturity. You're making a decision to take control of your personal mm-hmm. discipline, of your finances, of your health, yep. of how you communicate with other people. Oh, now you've got to learn how to hire, onboard, interview, offboard. Oh, there are systems that need to happen. That is all relevant to the quality of leader that you are. Mm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love singing to the choir. Yeah, I, I, preaching to the choir is so easy. You guys are just setting me up. No, no, Too no. Easy. It's I mean, it's it's uh, you know, it's it's a breath of fresh air to also hear it. You know, um, echoed. I'm used to arguing. Yeah, with uh, yeah. This is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It it just echoes the sentiment we we've been preaching as well, right? And it's it's just nice to hear it in a little different uh, manner and a different angle, right? Um, instead of just the same blowhards here <laughs> constantly saying it one way, right? Um, I love it. Yeah, I do. No, it's it's been it's been great, but um, this has been a session like a, a mental session for me. Well, right, 
<laughs> right. We've been on the couch today, you know. I feel like a client. <laughs> right. I'm staring at ink blots and I don't know what's going on. That's but what I'm it, doing in here. I'm just like, uh, it's a, it's a objects. pretty butterfly. It's a butterfly. Yeah. Here. What do you see in this Rorschach test? Right, right. I see my, I see me failing. I don't see this going well at all. <laughs> I see depth and gloom and, oh my God, daddy, why? No. Uh, Josh, what other thoughts you got? Anything, anything else you want to hit on? Uh, something, you know, really itching your backside. You got to get off, you know? I, uh, man, I, I mean, God, I love talking if you can't tell, <laughs> but, um, you know, at the end of the day, what I want your listeners, you know, to understand and what I want my listeners to understand is, you know, everything in your life is, uh, is a direct result of who you are, you, you, mm-hmm. and you're, you know, for the business owners out there, look, your, your business is a direct reflection of you. What you're good at, your business is good at what you suck at. Your business sucks at. <laughs> and the, the best thing, that you can do to make yourself successful is surround yourself with people that are better at the things that you suck at. You, you have to, and that's what a real team is. A team is a, a group of people that yes, are unified in a direction. They share similar values. They understand the mission, but, but the underlying piece of that is they have to complement each other's weaknesses with their own strengths. And, you surround yourself with people, and, and I'll tell you, six people that every company has to have behind the scenes. Every company has to have a CPA, a bookkeeper, an attorney, an insurance agent, a banker, and a coach. Every company, single owner operator or not, needs to have those six people. Those are the Wizard of Oz's for your business. And you surround yourself with those people. They're going to help you make smart, strategic decisions. They're going to hold you accountable. They're going to call you out on your bullshit, but they're also going to help you grow and develop. My perfect job is when I work with somebody and they outgrow me. That is my perfect client. That means I have done my job. Mm. And so the business owners and leaders and just, and people in general, man, you got to surround yourself with people that challenge you, inspire you, help you grow, complement your weaknesses with their strengths and ultimately help you just get shit done. That's how you'll be successful. Mm. Love it. Love it. So true there. Josh, where do people find you? <laughs> uh, Instagram is at yep. the Tradesman Experience. Uh, the, we've got a website, tradesmanexperience.com, the, um, and then the podcast, The Tradesman Experience. Love it. Do we owe you anything for this therapy session today? I feel like. Uh, <laughs> Do you take insurance? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got a solid IOU coming your way in the mail later, you know? <laughs> well, let, let, now let me take this time to turn the tables here, fellas. Because sure. as I stated in the beginning of our conversation, and I, I honestly can't remember how I discovered your podcast, but when I did and I listened to it and Yes, I had a sense of selfish pride that, yeah, we are sharing the same message. You know, we're trying to reach and connect people. But I, I do want you guys to know from me how much I appreciate that you're taking time out of your life to share this message. 
and to put yourselves out there for the world to criticize and that you've done it on a platform that's open and free and that you're sharing knowledge and experiences because it's, it's people like you that ultimately is going to help someone become successful and make a decision that's going to better them, better their family, better their finances, and, you know, just ultimately get to kind of really live out their dream. So I am truly thankful for this opportunity. I'm indebted to you guys for what you do and how you do it. And I'm truly thankful uh, to be a part of this. Thank you for that. Yeah, same. That's, same. That, that, We're just going to cut that out and put it on the website yeah. as the front. That's it. <laughs> just that clip. That was I mean, beautiful. Th- this all started out of me and Josh complaining and then staring at each other and said, if that's all we're going to do is complain about it, then why bother? <laughs> right. Why don't we right. actually right. do something about it or at least mm-hmm. share our complaints so everybody can chant with us to say, yes, this is wrong. And maybe just one, maybe just one, it'll hit and change their life. Mm-hmm. And if, for sure. that, that, that's all I ask is if sure. just one. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, you guys keep doing what you're doing. It's happening. You're doing it. You're changing lives. You're impacting people. You're adding value to people. And that's how you win. Well, hey, same go to you. I know you're taking a, a giant bite of humble pie right now because, <laughs> you know, I, I can tell this is, you know, what you're passionate about. You're obviously very good at this. Clearly. Um, and it, it's it's great to have a professional podcaster on our <laughs> show that our moms listen to only. Okay. So shout out to moms. Mom, how are you? So look, no. mom, we made a friend. Look, mom, we got we got a real podcaster with us today. That's awesome. I told you I'd be somebody. <laughs> you know. No, this, this, this uh, I'll put your honorary badges in the mail. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. you. This this has been great. Uh, Again, Josh, thank you for joining us and uh, taking the time out of your day as well. Um, I think that's all we got for today, right? Let's let's call it a wrap at that, and uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime. Absolutely. Anytime you guys want to have a conversation, you hit me up. You don't even have to ask. You just tell me when. Love it. Sounds good to me. Love it. Appreciate it. All right, that's all we all right. got for you guys at My True Pros on Instagram, truepros.com. We got more fun stuff like this uh, coming your way. Let's get out of here. As always, uh, keep living the dream. Work smarter, not harder. Until next time.